You are listening to the new and improved Faithful Fanatic podcast. I am your host, Nick Newman, better known as Niner Nick of all 49ers Sports Illustrated and now of the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'd like to begin this pod with a very exciting announcement. This summer, I signed a contract with the Pigskin Podcast Network to cover the 49ers for them. The new channel will launch on September 1st and will cover nearly every single NFL team, have fantasy podcasts, and much more. We're powered by Amaze Media Labs, and the company has well-established podcasts that cover the NHL and the NBA. So I'm very excited about this opportunity to grow their football platform. Plus, the company has a DraftKings sponsorship, which is really cool. I use DraftKings pretty much every single Sunday when there's football on. I'm on DraftKings. And with this exciting announcement for today's show, it was very important to me to have a guest that has been an absolute instrumental figure in my development in this field. My main man, who has been the fastest growing 49ers media personality over the last year and a half, the one, the only, Grant Cohn. Grant, thank you for joining me for my first podcast on the new network. Well, thank you for having me. And it's interesting you said the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, all 49ers Sports Illustrated did good by us. It was a nice springboard for you. I'm really glad that you're that you're doing this now, man. You're you deserve it and you're such a natural. Uh, I don't think I really did that much for you, man. You're you're terrific. I'm glad to see you get your due. I appreciate that, Grant. And your your tree of people that you've been working with since you took over oh, yeah. all four oh, yeah. sports illustrated is really starting to branch out. We have our boy Jack Hammer now credentialed working for the That's Santa right. Rosa Press Democrat. Maverick is out covering the um Sacramento River Cats. I have this gig now with the Pigskin Podcast Network. So a lot of us and are Boton in Budapest. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. The list, that's right. The list goes on and on and on. And what Grant and I are going to do today during the show is just preview the 49ers upcoming preseason and we'll go through each position group as we get ready for the most highly anticipated preseason game in 49ers history. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I'm going to be there. It's going to be the unveiling of Trey Lance. But I thought the um, practice at Levi Stadium this Saturday was going to be the unveiling of Trey Lance. And it wasn't. It was, here's Jimmy Garoppolo. Enjoy him. Get his jersey. Pretend he's the quarterback still. And it was kind of funny. It was almost like a switcheroo. It's like you went to a Broadway show and you thought you were going to see, I don't know, someone really famous. And it's the understudy or the guy they had on the last season or what i'm not using I, I don't live in new york i don't know how broad it is, but you know the gist what i'm saying I don't absolutely know. i'm wondering are they going to show them or are they going to hide them what do you think that's what i'm yeah questioning as well so i was at camp last tuesday it was the first time i've seen trey lance up close and personal it was a day that he had the trent sharefield bomb downfield just beautifully placed for a touchdown and right away i was texting everybody i cannot believe what i just saw that was one of the most impressive throws that I've seen, just the way that he dropped back, navigated the pocket, rolled out to his left, and on the run, kind of jumping in the air a little bit, just dropped it right into the basket of Sherfield for a touchdown. So when I, I was there on Saturday as well at Dwight Clark Day this past Saturday, Levi Stadium was a great atmosphere. I had a great time out there. And it seemed to me that they dialed Trey Lance back a little bit. They did just as far as the um the play. you saw the two you saw the difference you definitely saw the oh difference. oh I'm definitely glad. I'm trying to tell people you saw it absolutely I saw yeah. it. and what I saw on Tuesday was just the amount of read option plays and Lance was a little 
run happy, I'd say. There was times where he kept the ball and tried to make something happen where maybe he should have handed it off. But there was very few of that on display on Saturday during the open practice at Levi Stadium. And it surprised me a little bit. in the garage, right? They had the Ferrari in the garage. And I tweeted out, I actually thought that Garoppolo – Playing the hand that he was dealt, he 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 looked solid. solid. But you yeah. were right. You I saw your tweets that you kind of laid out. Garoppolo's had a favorable matchup. There's a lot of yeah. starters missing time, yeah. and I saw a couple other reports out there that one of the biggest discrepancies between the offense and the defense, or uh, mismatches, I guess you could say, is the defensive line, the second team defensive line going against the second team offensive line. And I really did see that on Saturday, yeah. just how they were dominating. And Trey Lance, when they were doing the move the ball, the scrimmage type drill. He had a tough time moving the chains and Garoppolo. Yeah. Garoppolo towards the end, he had a, a touchdown drive to George Kittle. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised. Uh, yeah. So I'm thinking this is going to be a very, very interesting preseason game. What are the goals? Goal one is to make Jimmy Garoppolo look great. Mm-hmm. Two, three series. You want him seven of eight, right? With some very easy throws. You don't want him holding the ball too long. I wouldn't necessarily call it maybe one deep shot that you've he's hit every time all week. Uh, maybe not. You just want him seven of eight and you want him healthy and out of the game. And then I don't know. I mean, how do you handle Trey Lance? Are, are you building him up for the second week or do you want to give him maybe, maybe you start him slow, but you give him a quarter and a half as opposed to maybe you give him the most playing time of anyone. You give Jimmy half, a you know, two drives, Trey Lance until halftime. And then you split the second half between the third string or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's just what happens if Lance comes in, just lights it up. Cause it, it's not that far yeah. out of the question. It's not that far out of the question. People will turn to, he's going against uh, the second team defense and, but, but the bottom line, the four ers are in a good spot right now. I really do feel like at the quarterback position, they're in a great spot and it's what I've been advocating for since before the draft. I was on, um, the podcast right before the draft last April with Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky, and I was telling him a scenario growing on me, and I've been consistent with this. You go back and look at my yeah. tweets from all the way. I thought keeping finding both. yourself in this position yeah. with Lance and being able to keep Garoppolo would be so ideal. And but and I've also been consistent with just let the best man win. Whoever gives yeah. you the best chance to win right now, you have to start. And Lance is closing that gap, maybe even leapfrogging Garoppolo. And it will be interesting to see Lance take on the Chiefs, get these preseason reps in, and it has to be the most highly anticipated preseason game of all time for the 49ers. I can't I, – I was going back and doing some research. I was young when they drafted Alex Smith. I was about 10, you know, not super young, but I remember him coming into the league, and it was just – there wasn't a lot around the quarterback position. And then I was going doing some more research other – quarterbacks the 49ers selected within the first three picks of a draft going way back it's John Brody Y.A. Tittle Earl Mm -hmm. Morrill Steve Spurrier guys that I certainly wasn't around for my grandpa was a 49ers season ticket holder since 1946 maybe he could tell you the hype around those guys but I certainly can't it's just the dynamic of the situation with trading all the picks for Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo still being on the roster the dynamics of the situation it's this might be the most highly watched preseason game even for those fans that aren't going everybody's going to be tuning in to see what the hell's going on at the quarterback spot well here's the way i look at it is like you kept jimmy because you didn't know what you were going to get from trey lance but so far and keep in mind there's a month to go he's got a lot more to prove but so far he's crushing it and i feel like if he continues to if he does well in all three of his or or two of his preseason 
appearances. What more do you need to see? You know, he, he's kind of cleared every hurdle, passed every test. There is a little bit of an unknown because he's 21 and a rookie, but honestly, he's done everything you've asked him to do and pass it with flying colors. I feel like at a certain point, you just got to be bold. I mean, if he falters in the preseason, then by all means, and Jimmy's looks consistent and solid, by all means, start Jimmy, right? Mm-hmm. But if Trey continues to do what, what we've seen in practice, I just don't see why you wait anymore. I mean, I feel like at that point, you've seen everything you want, you would have, you know, wanted to see, hoped to see. Definitely. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the debut of Trey Lance, but yeah. something that a lot of people have thrown out there that maybe the 49ers will be comfortable moving on from Garoppolo before the season starts, depending on how Josh Rosen performs and the latest reports. And I know Josh Rosen's your guy, UCLA alums. Um, how has Rosen looked in practice? You're there every day. I've seen Sudfeld throw some nice balls. How would you compare the two between Rosen and Sudfeld right now? We don't have to spend too much time on this. Uh, no, got a, good, a lot of positions to go, but I, I know a lot of people are curious because Rosen first round pick was up there with Arizona Cardinals. He's performed. Uh, what are you seeing with those two guys? Rosen isn't making this team. It's too bad. I feel like what's with him, 24-year-old quarterback who I feel like most of his issues have been in terms of – have been maturity, really. Maturity. He needs the perfect environment, and I don't think this is it. and I don't think he's going to get it because Kyle Shanahan isn't like a nurturer. You know, He's not necessarily going to build you up and say a bunch of nice things, which mm-hmm. maybe is what Josh Rosen needs. I mean, Bill Walsh would have been perfect for Josh Rosen, but you he had one practice where he threw a pick six yesterday. It happens. It was a bad play, but, like, he gets four reps a day. And instead of saying something positive, Kyle's like, yeah, he's taking a bunch of steps back recently. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> pull the plug on his career. Um, yeah, I feel, cause I feel like what he needs really is, like, a – he needs like a father figure, a mentor, mm-hmm. so, a, a, someone a, to baby a, him a little bit, a sports psychologist, not even baby him, but someone to get his head straight. He's 24. Wow. And I feel like he's had real issues with um, being crowned too early in his life. Remember when he got to UCLA, he was considered the top quarterback he's in the, the nation. And when he even left UCLA, he was still considered a top quarterback in the nation. And when he dropped a 10, he had all kind of like wild stuff to say that he shouldn't have said you know what i mean people Mm -hmm. gonna regret this and whatnot like he needs to grow up he needs someone and it's just not going to happen here like i think he felt he had a chance because jimmy's vulnerable and he gets hurt and they didn't have anyone else then they got trey lance and i think he's here like man i don't get any reps and this isn't fair and it's like well um you know it's i put it on him but i also put it on the team it's like man let him go (laughs) what Mm -hmm. is he doing here let him go if i was agent i'd ask for a release it's not it's not happening but they're not in a position to say stuff like that because if the niners cut him something he might not he may not get signed again it's i think it's a sad story with josh rosen it is a sad story it's a sad story he fell quick he spiraled quick and he's been he's had a lot of hurdles to get over just from bouncing around as much as he had early on it's it's a tough position you're trying real quick though go ahead if the niners cut him uh houston indianapolis they should bring him in Do, oh, he should get sure. one those more are chance. ideal landing spots for him yeah someplace where he can actually compete because i feel like even though he probably hasn't lived up to lived up to him his end of the bargain he's a young man he's probably moody and all this stuff he was drafted on a terrible team in arizona then they drafted kyla murray no chance 
went to uh, Miami. The first thing they did was draft Tua. Never had a chance. They He goes to Tampa where they have Tom Brady. No chance. And then comes here. The first thing they do is draft Trey Lance. So I mean, kind of interesting to see if he could go someplace and just get like, I don't know, a chance. But maybe he doesn't deserve it. He's an enigma. I think it's very interesting and sad. They won't bring him out uh, to the media to talk. He doesn't want to talk. That's, he shouldn't talk. Everything you just laid out, that's pretty depressing to be in his position. Just everywhere you go, your replacement's right behind you. And yeah. If I was Asian, I would feel I would be pissed, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the um, the running back rooms again. A lot to be excited about regarding the quarterbacks. Let's jump ahead of the running backs. I don't see too many battles going on, except at the very end of the room, looking Mm -hmm. at guys like Jamichael Hasty, Wayne Gallman, even Mitchell looks like he's a locked uh, rookie sixth round pick from Louisiana. He's looking pretty good from what I've been hearing. But we don't need to talk about Raheem Mostert too much. Trey Sermon looks good. We can talk about him because he's a rookie a little bit. Um, but how do you see the guys after Raheem Mostert? What's that pecking order looking like? I mean, you were there. Tell me if you saw the same thing. I think the pecking order running back is very clear. I, it's one is Mostert, two is Sermon. Oh, that's what that, it that's is. not that's not even a question. That's absolutely that is what it is for sure. Yeah, like. Like Sermon is the one rookie who's getting consistent first team reps, not Aaron Banks, not Trey Lance, not Embry Thomas. It's Trey Sermon. He takes all of his reps with the starters and you can't really judge a running back in practice because there's no tackling. You can't see how he breaks tackles and stuff like that, but his route running is really good. His hands are good. Uh, He's big. I think he's going to be a very important player on this offense because when Trey Lance becomes the starter or when he comes in and does his package of plays i think it's gonna be with sermon not mostert because mostert is like to me the like at his best in an eye formation with the quarterback under center mm-hmm. and i think sermon has most of his experience from the gun which is just a whole different style of running kind of reminds me of like when the, the niners had frank gore and carlos hyde remember that Oh, I usually course. would come in with, yeah. with, with like the, the, the pistol formations with Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I think that might be how they use Sermon early on. Not, not that he can't do under center stuff and he won't do it, but he'll be the specialist in that area. And then after them, um, I think it's pretty clear that it's Gallman. Above Mitchell right now? I think so. For the time um, being. I, just just because it's August 9th and yeah. he's the, he's the, uh, the vet. That could all change in preseason if Mitchell For sure. goes crazy. You know what I'm saying? But then oh, Mitchell totally. is is right behind him at four. Um, and then Hasty, I still like Hasty, but he's kind of like Jeff Wilson Jr. in the sense that they cut Jeff Wilson Jr. like two or three times. You know what when I mean? He looked good, and that's something yeah. to keep in mind with Mitchell. When yeah, Wilson Jr. was it going into the 2019 season? I want to say it was. It was before 2020. They cut him right, and yes. he cleared waivers. And every time they did that, I was like, "What are you doing?" I get so upset. Yeah, and then they would be like, "Nope, he's going to clear waivers and come right back because he's an undrafted free agent running back." And I think the league's like, "Man, eh, you find those." So maybe the fact that they took Mitchell in round six means that they're afraid of exposing him, that's, that they think someone else likes him. But Hasty, I think they probably think, you know, that's our guy. That's our secret. No one knows about Hasty, even though yeah. I've said he's good. And going Great back to the runner, dude, third uh, third down back, he's super tough to guard out of the backfield. Well, that was one of my observations um, Tuesday at camp is yeah. you can just see, see the shiftiness with his yeah. movements, the, that he has that jerky, just yes. a lot of misconception and misdirection yes and when i saw gallman dropped a lot of balls i don't know how he's looked the rest of camp but when i was there on two he had at least two drops and one-on-ones trying to run like texas and angle routes yeah 
Um, and I'm not the biggest Gallman. If Jeff Wilson Jr. was still was healthy, I don't think Gallman makes it. He has a much, not a great route runner. Yeah. No. So I can. It's interesting Hasty that you is. say that right now. Sermon that um, is. Wilson is. Those three can really run routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how everything falls with Gallman, but I don't have him as a lock to make the roster. And just depending on how Mitchell and Hasty look, it, it, it's risky to send either of those guys through and Gallman was a late free agent ad he was on the market for a while and it's again true. I'm not I'm not right, the biggest like a Gallman. week before the draft they signed him it was almost like mm-hmm. just in case of maybe you know Sermon or Mitchell isn't there we mm-hmm. get this guy ahead of time but they ended up drafting two guys they were like hey Gallman uh you were a just in case signing I don't know he's possible he's a, he's a nice security blanket at the That's very least you got to feel you, you feel yeah. comfortable with him in there I just don't think the upside and what he could do well, here's the way worth. I look at it. Like when Wilson comes back, if Goldman's on the team at that point, then he's gone. Like he's just here yeah. because oh. Wilson's hurt. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that. I see yeah. it the same way. Now I want to talk yeah. Kyle Juszczyk. The two practices that I was at, he caught bombs down the field yes. over Fred yeah. Warner. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, maybe there's some doubt in your mind considering the growth of Ross Dwelly, but I think Juszczyk's a no, top no. four pass catcher on the team. Top four. And he I should mean, be receiving 20, 25% of the targets. Why would you not target one of your top four best catch passers on the team frequently? He does he's so underutilized. He's so important yet so underutilized. And you see him make plays over Fred Warner, the all pro, one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. He needs more touches. He okay. He's a better route runner than George Kittle. Now, George Kittle's a freak. Okay, great player. But use check is underrated. You see him in the one-on-ones. You can't stop him. He's super shifty. He's fast. I don't know if he's as fast as George Kittle, but he's damn fast. He's got excellent hands, probably better hands than Kittle. I mean, he can really extend away consistently. I'm not saying he's better than Kittle, but I'm saying he's like just as freaking good. And they and Kittle gets all this, um, you know, he gets so many targets as he deserves. But what's up with use check? Yes, I think between him and Dwelly, they could get 70 80 targets they're both really good in different ways the Niners don't need a number three receiver that much yeah and that's why you don't need a number three receiver that much because you have Dwelly who we'll talk about momentarily and you have use check they have the backup fullback the wrestler from Fresno State Josh Hokett who might get some run this they seem to like him yeah they they kept him around for a while so he'll be a name to follow along to if when use check prices himself out, if they don't want to give him another contract, once this comes up, if he's still around, that's a, a name to look out for. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Wide receivers. So Brandon, Ayuk looks real good. Mm-hmm. He's a budding star. In my opinion, Debo Samuel had some hamstring growing tightness. When I was there last one day practice one day, yeah. he yeah. was back this past Saturday. He looks good. Yeah. Wide receiver three. That spot is where it's, it's pretty wide open right now. Mm-hmm. It was looking like Sanu early on. Now, Sherfield is the hot name. You have Jawan Jennings, Jalen Hurd, who hasn't done yeah. much just yet. I believe he had his first catch during 11 on 11 yeah. the other day. He has one. What, who's your favorite right now to land that spot? And I'm sure preseason will help out a lot as far as getting clarity goes. But right now, who do you see being the wide receiver three of this team? It's new. It's new. Like, he's a good vet. He's a solid player. I was kind of making fun of him at the beginning of camp because people were saying, like, Oh my God, he's had he's all a whole new person. No, he's Muhammad Sanu, but Sanu's a solid player. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Uh, he really can give the Niners a lot of what Kendrick Bourne did. 
So that's a nice little found money right there. But as we said, I don't think the number three receiver is that important. I don't think wide receivers mm-hmm. are that important in this team because two two tight ends and a fullback that need to get a lot of passes that are so good in a variety of ways, plus running backs that need to get throws. Mostert needs to get targets. Sermon needs to get targets. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the two starting wide receivers are really good. I don't. I wonder how many wide receivers this, this team is going to carry because they don't need yeah. that. They don't need to go two. That's a good question. Deep. They could keep five instead of six. Um, but anyway, what I want to say is like they have no use for, for example, Richie James Jr. They don't know what to do with Richie James yeah. Jr. Right? Well, I thought they were going to cut him last year. I was kind of surprised that he made the team, but I also didn't see him get, re- going back to being a returner, especially after the Super Bowl. Because remember, he muffed that putt in the right. Super Bowl and how. Kyle Shanahan's doghouse works is once you're in there, you have a tough time coming back. He forgave Richie James. He forgave Richie James, and they didn't want Brandon Ayuk back there. Uh, Word on the street is that Ayuk is getting first-team reps returning punts right now. We'll see if that translates to Sundays. (laughs) Hey, we've all been over it. I wrote an article on it last year that they haven't had a punt return for a touchdown since Ted Ginn. Let that sink in. Right, because they haven't really tried to have one. It, I mean, they they gone, they went Jared Hain. I mean, they haven't <laughs> taken it seriously the Hain until plane, now, yeah. so I'm glad. Yeah, and I don't think the risk is that high of players getting hurt on punt returns. Kick returns is a lot more dangerous, in my opinion, than the punt return. Because you, you see so many punt returners run out of bounds. They can protect themselves a lot better opposed to being a kick returner. So I have no problem sending youth back there. But um, to touch on the wide receivers a little bit more, again, there's 12 guys in camp right now playing the wide receiver position. A lot of guys. A lot of guys over there. Um, Real quick, though, hold on. With Richie James, I wanted to say he's interesting because the Niners don't know what to do with him. He's a terrible fit. with. He's a a deep threat who's not super fast. He's like a deep threat who runs a 4-4. So um, he's – He's not a good fit with Jimmy because Jimmy doesn't throw deep or doesn't really throw to wide receivers in general. And not a great fit with Trey Lance because Lance has some serious velocity. Mm-hmm. You need some good – I've seen Richie James drop a bunch of Lance's throws. It seems to me, though, okay, if the Niners cut Richie James, I do think he's getting picked up. And oh, for sure. Team, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what that, – see, that's why he's on this team because the Niners are like, all right, well, we don't know what to do with him, but, you know, okay – what team would pick him up? I know one team right now that would want him. I can think Chiefs? off the top of my head. Well, that's one. That's one. What do you have yes. in mind? Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he'd be good on Seattle because Russell Wilson buys time. He'd be murder to cover uh, in an off-schedule play. He's really tough. So just like DJ Reed, the Niners didn't really know what to DJ would do with DJ Reed. They waved him. Seattle's like, oh, thanks. He's our starting corner. And then the Niners are like, Rawr! So I think Richie James is going to make this team and probably do nothing. Wow. You know what I mean? You do think nothing. Richie, I don't know if I can get on board with. I, I hear your points. Very valid yeah. points. Yeah. Because he's definitely ended up in Seattle. They've had three years of Richie James now mm-hmm. going into his contract year. And you mm-hmm. haven't seen anything from Jalen Hurd. Durability-wise, Richie James Jr. Who knows if Hurd's even going to yeah. contribute. But I, I think they're still tempted to keep Hurd around just to see what he can do. And everybody still yeah. holds on to that one preseason game he had against the Cowboys. Maybe that's still left in the tank. Who knows? Jawan Jennings. You want Pup though? Like, what do you? How, you can't like let him make the team with one catch. Yeah, he's got to like earn yeah. a spot. I don't know how they handle Hurd. It's gonna be interesting because they're not gonna give up on him either. He's under contract for two more years. Uh huh. That so Hurd's yeah. definitely interesting. Jawan Jennings. He you reported that he looked good um, before camp. He's in and then good he, he got hit with COVID. 
that we'll have I wish, we'll still have to see what he does in preseason, man, because he kind of yeah. missed training camp. Yeah. And yeah. then you have the old veterans, Kevin White, one of the bigger busts at the wide receiver position in recent memory. Travis Benjamin he's been solid. He's a couple plays. Kevin White's been solid too. I want to say has he in camp? He, yeah, he's big. He's, he's a he is he's big. a big guy. A big guy. No, he has been That's, solid. He's been solid. I give him credit. All right, all right. He's better hands than Travis Grant. Benjamin. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, Benjamin's hands never been a strong suit. Your boy River Craycraft, he's gonna have a tough time I, he's making a the good team. Route runner. He's a he's a good pro. I, I make too much fun of that guy. Why you're, do I make you're, fun of River Craycraft? He's a good it, guy. He's you're good very guy. positive vibes right now. I'm, I'm feeling your energy. You have something nice to say about almost everybody. Yeah, man. Why not? <laughs> I like this team. Yeah, um, let's move on to tight end. George Kittle, the star. Ross Dwelly looks good. Let's talk about Ross Dwelly's development. What has kind yeah. of changed with them over well you've always saw it and we got to give you credit for that you were the the originator of the the ross dwelly hive if you will the ultimate hype man for dwelly what are you two seeing? things about him there, there were two things that i always liked about him i talked mm-hmm. to coach john embry today about him he, same thing first of all his hand-eye coordination his hands are elite it's they're absurd he's never dropped a pass in the game and he at usd was the focal point of their passing game he had people all over him. He makes these really tough catches with people. It's what he does. The other thing is he's a really good route runner. And he does it. He reminds me of Michael Crabtree in the way he runs routes. In the sense that I always would watch Michael Crabtree from the sideline with awe. Like, he's so slow. How do you do <laughs> this? Because the corners that, you're, that, you're, that are covering you are way faster than you. Way more athletic. And at the same time, it looked like Crabtree was kind of jogging through his route. Like, he wasn't fully going 100%. But he, what he did, he could like change tempos. And when he got to the top of his route, he had this little shake that was a little bit like a crossover that would spin people around. Mm-hmm. He would make people look absurd. And Ross Dwelly could do the same thing. Like he makes Tony Jefferson look bad in those one-on-ones. He's, you know, had him fall down, trip, spun around. He's really, he just has this ability to create space. And he doesn't need that much space because he's 6'5 with the best hands on the team. The, the difference... The thing about him is when you look at him, you're like, yeah, but he's kind of like a glorified wide receiver, right? He's like not thick enough to be a tight end. Well, you see him now. He's way thicker than he used to be. He's totally changed his body. So he's never going to be the type of blocker that Kittle is. But, I mean, all he has to do is hold his own to be a excellent backup uh, tight end who has, mm-hmm. you know, a role in the offense. Yeah, I like that Michael Crabtree comparison because I was up, couldn't sleep the other night. I was just going through old – 49er games on YouTube and I watched um the 49ers Packers game week one when David Akers had that 63 yard field goal attempt going into halftime and Crabtree had a couple great catches in that game and it was just a reminder of his route running even after the catch with like very subtle movements like how did he make that guy miss like he just had I this, know right it's like he's yes. moving so yeah. slowly and yet he could yeah he was always like he was a Oh, a marvel in my how, do, how does he do it and yeah I think dwelly's kind of similar He's okay a tight end version of michael Crabtree. so the dwelly the hype train's picking up a little bit seeing yeah. him this year is definitely going to be exciting and will they keep three tight ends charlie warner oh, was dude, they're gonna keep four four yeah because so michael I think Pruitt? the two the two tight end package is going to be um important for them and if that's something you want to do then you need to go four deep at that position you need two backups so, so give me your your two after Kittle and Dwelly. Oh, Charlie Werner. He's going to make the team. They drafted him. Um, they're not done with him. And Jordan Matthews. Jo- I think Jordan Matthews is going to make this team as a tight end. Wow. Yeah. That's another game to watch during preseason. We were talking Jordan to, Matthews. Uh, 
Yeah, we were talking to Coach Embry today, uh, John Embry, about Matthews, and he's like, look, if he couldn't do it, I wouldn't waste my time. Let me be real clear. I love these. So he's so plain spoken, like, man, if he wasn't a tight end, if I didn't think he could do this, I wouldn't be wasting my time with this. There's a reason we called him up first. So, okay. I think they need a fourth tight end, and they're very optimistic about this guy. If he couldn't get it done, they would have someone else in here that they like. So I'm saying Jordan Matthews makes a team. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm excited yeah. to see Matthews play the tight end spot during the preseason. Again, 49ers yeah. Chiefs, we're just a couple days away. A lot to follow along to. Let's transfer over to the offensive line. Okay. The only competition I see starting-wise right now is at right guard. You have Trent Williams, left tackle, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack has looked good. Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Right guard, who's winning that competition right now? Who should we keep an eye on? Brunskill. There's not even – yeah, it's Brunskill. And they gave Colton McKivitz a couple of days just to get Brunskill some days at center because he's okay. also the backup Yeah, center. that's what I heard. McKivitz was getting some first-team reps, so I, I didn't know the, the – Yeah, and I was like, what's that about? It. Is it because Brunskill wasn't playing well? But no, they need to cross-train him. He's the backup center as well. So there was a few days he was at center. So he's back at right guard because he's clearly – their guy i mean i'm not writing off aaron banks yet but he's just basically looks like a rookie right now and i don't think he's in a position to take out to unseat a, a vet at this point so he's he's depth and brunt skills a start that's what i'm i'm happy you touched on aaron banks because i was going to bring that up there's been yeah. some reports some days he looks good but for the most part it does seem like he's struggling out there and is that just during one-on-ones or is it across the board Okay, so here's something that I like to do sometimes. You know, when you get there, the first 45 minutes are like drills where they're off like with their positions, you know what I'm saying? And yep. they have the offensive line pretty much as far away from the fans as you could possibly be, right? Like across the field. So you can't go over there and see him. You see him working. I can stand right there and I can listen to what the coaches say. I can't report it. But all I can tell you is whenever Aaron Banks is do doing a rep of anything, they stop him. And they correct something he did with his foot or something he did with his hand. And I'm, I didn't play offensive line. I don't know. It seems like he's doing it right to me, but they don't think so. And there's a lot of yelling and cursing and that's football. But, uh, and that's what, how, how rookies, that's the treatment rookies get to, but that's where he, that's the stage he's at right now. Okay. Like boot camp for, for Aaron Banks. That's the state of Aaron Banks. Yeah. The yeah. second round Trial pick, number 48 overall from Notre Dame. And I was, I like the draft pick because I remember watching Notre Dame and he was the biggest guy on the football field almost every single game. And he always caught my attention then. I was unfamiliar with the name though. I knew the player just seeing him out there. And when the 49ers drafted him and they showed the highlights, I was like, Oh, that's the big left guard from Notre Dame. And now they're asking him to step in, try to play right guard. The thing about so. him though, is like, I get, I get the feeling he's used to being the biggest man on the field. And all I can say is, being on the field and looking at he ain't the biggest man on the field anymore. Oh, you know, not anymore. Look, it's funny how big college players look like rookies most of the time. You look huge at Notre Dame on this practice field with grown men. You don't. It's amazing. Kinlaw did. Kinlaw always did. But even him, like he had to realize, like, dude, you're not just going to overwhelm Lake and Tomlinson when you go one on one. Like he's a he's a pro. He's got great technique. You're going to need to to match that at some point. Um, yeah, Aaron Banks is gonna learn is learning that right now too. He's learning that right now. There's two more offensive linemen that I want to talk about. Jalen Moore, mm -hmm. the fifth round pick from Western Michigan. Is he yeah. in competition right now for a swing tackle spot? No. Or guard? Guard. I think he's a guard. The, the tackles they got right now are Sean Coleman. Sean Coleman. Tom Compton. 
Oh, yeah. Did you not notice that that's the right tackle for Trey Lance? Tom Compton. Tom Compton is playing right. They had him at guard last year, and they're like, you know what? He was so good at guard. Let's move him out to tackle. Let's give him a real challenge because Tom Compton just ate the league for breakfast last year. So anyway, that's that's what they, they remember. Justice School went down. Mm-hmm. They have an issue at tackle, and they really need Sean Coleman to play well and stay healthy. So far, so good, but he got hurt in a preseason game. Let's see him. It's been like three years since he's had real action. And he opted out of last season, so it's been a yeah. long time since the he's 49ers have had Sean Coleman. There was a player that I was doing some research on. It was a while ago, so it might have been a year ago. I don't know if Sean Coleman's actually ever played a snap for the 49ers during the regular season. No, no, no. no. And they've had him for a while. Three years or four. Yeah, Yeah. a long time. It's been a long time. Um, And there's one other name that I know a lot of people are intrigued by, Alfredo Gutierrez. How has he looked? For those that may be unfamiliar with Gutierrez, he came directly from Mexico in one of the foreign programs the NFL has. He's a big guy. I saw him on Saturday up close and personal. He's a big dude. He might not – he likely won't make the roster. Maybe the practice squad. Is there anything to work with there with Gutierrez? Yeah, what you need to know is like – let me just put the proper context here. So he was not an undrafted free agent. He was not assigned. A this is a special thing that the NFL is doing to promote, um, you know, just the, uh, the international. yeah, international. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Just international interest and, and players. And so he's here. He doesn't count as one of the players on the roster, but he's going through practice like everyone else. And I, I actually asked the offensive line coach about him today. And he was saying, look, like, I had no expectations for him. I, he's, he's from this, he's from this special uh, program. Uh, you, you would even wonder like, does he deserve to be here? And the guy certainly does. He's like, he, he's not the worst coach. He's not the worst player I've ever coached. He, he's definitely better than a bunch of players I've had in NFL camps before. So he belongs here. He definitely is the caliber of an undrafted free agent. He's on the lower end of the roster, but He's uh, doing everything right. He's working really hard. He's taking instruction. He understands. He's he, he's humble. He understands that he's been given a great opportunity. Apparently, everyone's really taken by him. He also is six foot nine, and though <laughs> he he doesn't like in one on ones pass blocking, he he's not going to win that often. He he needs a lot of experience, but in the run plays, he really moves well for a six foot nine, three hundred and forty pound dude. So I don't know if he'll make the practice squad, but he's got a chance, and he seems like. I mean, he's gotten – Trent Williams had nice things to say about him. I don't know. I think he's got a chance to make the practice squad. That should be his goal, too, considering yeah. how he's coming into the league. That's a huge success for him to be on an NFL yes. practice squad and get those additional reps. Because, honestly, from this pathway, some people be like, hey, this guy might be the worst player we've ever had in camp just because he didn't really earn it. He wasn't an undrafted free agent. But what he said, what they're saying is like, no, th- this guy is definitely undrafted free agent caliber and better than some other guys he's had in, in his camp. So that's – hey. Hat tip, Alfredo Gutierrez. Definitely. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And I was there on Saturday. I took a picture of the defensive line. That's without Javon Kinlaw and Samson Abukam. Eric Armstead, they all weren't out there on Saturday. And yet you look at this picture that I took, and there's still D4, Nick Bosa, who hasn't participated in team drills yet, but is absolutely shredded. Um, There's some questions about whether his status for week one, Kyle Shanahan said he's on track. Zach Kerr, Mo Hurst, Arden Key, 
the list just kept going and going. Kevin Givens, Contavious Street, the names just keep piling out. DJ on Jones. and on. DJ, I forgot DJ Jones. There's so many yep. of them that I'm forgetting. Yes, <laughs> they're, they're, it's yeah. it's a stacked unit. And I saw Warren Sharp tweeted something out today. Uh, and the 49ers, he ranked them with the third best defensive line in the NFL behind the Buccaneers and the Steelers, which is fair. Yeah. I think that if this team can stay healthy, yeah. the defensive line is the strong suit just based on how many. It's one thing to have bodies. It's another thing to have bodies that are big time NFL players. And I feel like the majority of those guys are all starting caliber and can definitely contribute whether they're situational pass rushers like Arden key or D Ford. If D Ford's able to stay on the field, I don't know if he's going to play in the preseason, likely not considering um, his durability issues, but the defensive line is loaded, loaded. It is. It is. It's a very interesting position because it is both the deepest position on the team and the biggest question mark because we always talk about injuries with the 49ers well right now they're here and we don't ever know how serious injuries are in early august because the Niners don't tell you that's not our business really you know what i mean that's privileged mm -hmm. information and they just say oh we're being smart it's not that bad we'll see uh unless we you know saw the guy snap his leg in front of us they're just going to say we're being smart so um don't know what that defensive line is going to look like. Nick Bosa basically didn't have a training camp. I mean, he he did the drills, but Nick Bosa, no no team period, no one-on-ones. D Ford, no one-on-ones, limited team period. Javon Kinlaw, no one-on-ones, limited team period. Eric Armstead, uh, eight days. Now he has a, a groin injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's good that they have depth, but, like, there have been days where their starting D-line is Arden Key, Jordan Willis, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones. Like, that's not – Exactly what they Ideal. had in mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they get the full season of Ford, Ebucom, Armstead, Kinlaw, Bosa, then hell yeah, this is a 10 deep D line. That's unreal. Like Arden Key could be good. Martin Maurice Hurst, as you pointed out, Jordan Willis coming back after seven games. They have a very good D line, but all a lot of the injury questions questions are right here. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that the key word's potential. Right. It's potential because it's not guaranteed. It depends yeah. how Nick Bosa recovers from his ACL right. tear. It depends how Javon Kinlaw, yeah. the strides he makes in year two. If Eric Armstead is able to play more in the interior on the interior of the defensive line, where he makes a little bit more noise. If D four, there's a lot of ifs. There's so many ifs, but they should be solid because they're, they're so gonna... deep. But yeah. like, I want to see if they can get the four. Because if you can go eight or nine deep on the D line, you can overwhelm people for four quarters. And it's crazy though thinking about keeping nine guys, and you still have to cut big time NFL talent, in my opinion, like Kevin Givens. Oh, is, they better not cut like, Kevin Givens. Well, but I'm just like, if you're keeping eight, sure. nine, 10, there, there's 16 guys there. Jordan Willis <laughs> is on the bubble. Yeah. Darian Daniels, the undrafted page. He's agent. probably going to get cut. Like, He's good. But he he looks, He's there's good. so many guys on the defensive line who yeah. realistically might not make the team that will get Hurst snatched. Hurst might not like, make the team, and he's pretty it's good. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It, the defensive line's the position group where the moment the 49ers cut somebody, the, they're going to go so quick on the I waivers agree. just because of yep. all the talent there. The potential's there for it to be one of, if not the best in the NFL, but a lot has to go right with the injuries. Nick Bost asked for cover well, like I said. D4 yep. could even contribute. Abukam is another one. He needs to transition to his role well as being that explosive stand-up pass rusher. He played outside linebacker with the Rams. So 
We'll see. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of questions. You're right. There are a lot of questions surrounding the defensive line. Yeah. But there's also a lot to be excited about. It's just a matter of how it all plays out. Hell yeah. Linebackers. Okay. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. And this is where it gets interesting. So Aziz Alshair is hurt. They are saying he's on track for week one. I'm not – is he a lock to make the roster in your opinion? There's a couple guys. Jonas Griffith is the big – I interviewed him. I had the pleasure of interviewing him last summer. He is a good dude, very good dude, very athletic, very fast, very strong, very big. I could see him making the team as a backup linebacker, uh, special teams player, punt coverage. Demetrius Flanagan Foles, what's to, uh, what are you keeping an eye on at the linebacker spot? I mean, they have very good coaches there. Johnny Holland, I believe is his name, and D'Amico Rines was there. So, like, they – they have a good track record with later round picks, undrafted free agents. But I mean, Aziz Alshair, Demetrius Flanagan Foles, Jonas Griffith. I mean, no, no disrespect. I just think they're all kind of like replaceable players. Like, I don't think there's much of a difference. If they lose Aziz and they have Demetrius, they're fine. You know, I think they're fine. I think that basically the whole thing is you invest more in your in your nickel corner now than your Sam linebacker. So even though he's technically a starter, they really just kind of have the bare minimum invested in that spot. So I heard having losing a body there, but they'll be fine with Demetrius Flanagan's Foles. He's probably even better in coverage, uh, probably not as good against the run, but Aziz Alshair is not that important. I think when oh. you just look at the tandem of Greenlaw and, and Warner, it's a hell of a tandem. Mm-hmm. That's basically what's most yeah, important. It's like yeah. you're, you're two guys, you're yeah. the key uh, hogs or cogs there on the um, – in the middle of the field playing the linebacker spot, when you have that kind of power and Fred Warner, who's an all pro Dre Greenlaw, who I thought was even underrated last year. Some people were saying he was too slow and he was flying around the ball. He's very fast. I, I, I really like Dre Greenlaw. He's a so heat-seeking missile. These guys, Marcel Harris is the wild card transition to the linebacker spot. I like him. He's interesting. Yeah. I actually like him uh, the most. I, I, I'd like to see him in the preseason because, you know, as he's all show you, he's solid. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcel Harris is interesting. He hits hard. He, I don't know. I like, maybe it's the hair. Might be the hair. <laughs> but yeah, I want to so see Marcel Harris at outside linebacker. I like that. After like Warner and Greenlaw, there's definitely not too much to get excited about at the linebacker spot. Just more so let's, but no, but let's, let's gauge who's going to make yeah. this make this team and who to keep an yeah. eye on during preseason cornerback now this is a fun one to talk about so you have Verrett you have Mosley and Verrett's looked really good from what I've been hearing this camp Mosley yeah. just got back activated from let's talk about Mosley real the, quick because he's talk been about back two days and I want to say that I'm really impressed with Mosley okay uh, for a couple of reasons it's only been two days but I remember what Mosley's looked like the last couple of years and I really thought last year especially two years ago he was hella skinny and I was just thinking like man how are you gonna he did make look it? skinny Hell is skinny. And it's like, you're a good player. You really are. His first start was against the Browns. He got matched up against Odell Beckham Jr. and basically shut him down. I mean, he's very mentally tough. Good player. But he doesn't really, he wasn't really built like a like a full-time starter. And now I think he's kind of changed his body the way that Ross Dwelly did and Fred Warner did, George Kittle. He's really dedicated. So I like I like that. And then uh to yesterday. He was the only starter in the secondary. They benched everyone else. And I got my theories as to why. But he was the guy. All right. He was the number one corner yesterday. He got matched up with Debo Samuel about three times in 11 on 11s and broke up two of the passes. That's Debo. I mean, I'm sure Mosley might struggle against DK Metcalf. A lot of guys do. 
and he he's 5'11", a little skinny, but I actually think from just my first glimpse of him this offseason, he missed the first eight days, he's much improved, and he's a solid starter. I, I like Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah, he needs to have a big year. Yes, he does, because he's getting a lot of targets, man. People are going to leave Jason Brett alone. That guy is good. Kwan Williams in the slot, and the backup outside cornerback spot is one of the battles that I'm very <laughs> interested in. So I've, I've seen your reports on Ambry and of Lenore. You still got Dante Johnson, the guy who just always finds his way back to this roster. And he got some lesser known guys, Fields, who they picked up from the Texans, I believe, Webster, yeah. BW Webb. Let's talk about those two rookies in Ambry, Thomas, and Yamador Lenore. How are they looking? The Amador is interesting. He, he seems like the kind of guy who's like a good overall football player. Like he did a peanut punch fumble force fumble on i forget who so he's he's scrappy but in terms of just pure man-to-man coverage he's kind of small not explosive not super fast he gets beat a lot now ambry thomas i've seen him have a lot of success in one-on-ones against debo against like real starters but then in 11 on 11s he doesn't make plays and he gives up catches and i wonder how soon he he seems rusty. Like if you could just make it real simple and like, hey, you're just doing man-to-man coverage in a one-on-one drill. Good athlete, long arms, pretty good. But once you put him in an 11-on-11 setting, he has to get a call and he has to worry about running pass. And I don't know, he just doesn't have it right now. So right now, if anyone were to get hurt in the secondary at any position, I think the first man up would be Dante Johnson. Slot, outside. And that's just a position you don't want to be in. Nothing against Dante that's Johnson. Tough. But the Niners have been in that position so many times the last few years. And it's not good. They've lost games. Because honestly, he's a special teams player who should be doing that. And he's doing them a favor stepping up. It's like, God, I'm the best you got. All right. Was Dante Johnson the corner during the Eagles game last year, Sunday night football that gave up the touchdown to Carson? Yes. He was in he was in good position too. It's just like he can't catch a break. Can't he was because you um, know the ball's coming to him and he's not quite good enough to do Travis Fulgham, the unknown at the time. He actually it ended up a having pass. a good year with the Eagles. It was a great pass from Carson yeah. Wentz, probably his it best was. pass of the entire season. No doubt. And and Johnson was in a position to make a play just outside his reach. And that's just when Wentz made that the throw, one like, time, man, the one time he was in a good spot. Dude, that throw that Wentz made, I was in awe. I was like, man, I've never seen a Niners quarterback make a throw like that, dude. It's crazy. Crazy. I had of the field, like 70 yards on it. was like, whoa. Yeah. Let's anyway. talk uh, some safety. So Jimmy Ward looks good. Who's really grown on the entire oh. fan base ever since your interview with him. If you haven't checked that out already, be sure to check it out. Grant has it pinned to his Twitter profile. Still, right? Is it still up there? Yeah, it is. Let me give Jimmy Ward some love real quick. He uh, had a day off the other day, but a big reason that Jimmy Garoppolo is having a modest camp and not a great camp is damn near every time Jimmy tries to go deep, Jimmy Ward ain't having it. And it gets over there and breaks up the pass. Jimmy Ward, I've always, I guess my main gripe with him is that even though he's versatile, I'd like to see him make more plays as a single high safety, as a deep safety, like make plays like a ball hawk. And that's the one thing I haven't seen him do. And in camp this year, he's doing it. So shout out Jimmy Ward. Well, he, yeah. He's talking like he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And yeah. you got to give Vish, who you have on every Monday, some credit because he he was one that's of the true. first ones to see it. Hell yeah. And, Solid two. Um, Solid two. Robert Solid Sala is always adamant. Kyle Shanahan. Well, Robert Sala sees him up close and personal every single day for four years up until yeah. he left. But um, what about the other safety spot? Is Tart going to play? His toe injuries lingering for a while. Who knows what his situation is going to be? Tart, I think, is the most concerning injury on the team. Because his injury, turf toe, is like people don't realize it. It's extremely serious. It ended Patrick Willis's career. That's what took him out. Turf toe. And 
as far as I've seen, I haven't seen Jaquaski Tart running on the side field. I see Armstead running. I see Ebucom running. I don't see Tart running. I see him standing there talking to Talanoa Hafanga between series. He's a very generous, very smart player. I mean, Jimmy Ward talked about how much he learns from Jaquaski Tart. So he's been a good teammate, but hey, man, are you still an athlete? No offense. Like, I, I hope you are. I just wonder how serious that foot is. And I feel like the fact that he took an $800,000 contract this year indicates that it's real serious. So That's I don't know. Point. I mean, I don't know if he's going to, what's up, like when he'll be back. He may not be back week one. But it, what they've done is they've made Tavon Wilson basically, he started every day. And, and how's he been looking? Because I've been hearing. Yeah. I, I do have, I do an okay job evaluating football players in practice, but I got to say safety is a tough one. Safety's hard because so much of what they do is not just tackling, but the angles they take. Yep. And, and <laughs> like, I love Tavarius more because in practice, he looks great. He'll get his hands on balls and you can't really tell whether he's taking the right. He's athletic, in he's a real long, game, you'd be fast. like, damn, Tavarius, you just gave up a 30-yard run that didn't need to happen. And that's why you're not playing. And I couldn't see it. So mm -hmm. Tavon Wilson, I I don't know. But I, I don't know, man. Well, hard to judge. Hard to judge safeties who aren't breaking up passes all the time. Well, that's or, yeah. Those yeah. are two names to watch this preseason based on the possibility of Tart not coming back yeah. are Talanoa Hufanga, the rookie from USC, and Tavon Wilson, Tony Jefferson, even like one of those guys might end up starting week one, depending on how things unfold with Tart. So that'll be an interesting position to watch throughout the preseason. Yeah. Hafanga, I feel like we're, he's going to be fun because he's going to hit hard. He's going to be a playmaker. He's not going to be great in man to man coverage, but you know, neither is Kwan Williams. Seems like they're going to find ways to use Hafanga where he's like a deep safety, uh, playing with instincts and eyes on the on the quarterback or someone who's around the line of scrimmage blitzing i think the, they have a vision for him and he's gonna i think he's gonna be fun but he's gonna be a little like chris borland like if you get him in man-to-man -man coverage he's gonna get roasted so you just gotta kind of protect him and put him in the right uh roles and he could be a i mean chris borland was a borderline pro bowl player i'm not saying hafang will do that but he could be a playmaker i'm excited to see yeah. hafanga yeah, One of the many players I'm excited to watch this preseason. Special teams is straightforward. You got Robbie Gold returning to kick. Got a nice little contract towards the end of last season. Mitch Wisnowski, Tabor Pepper, your long snapper. And that's how this 49ers roster is looking right now going into the preseason game against the Chiefs. Ayuk at the returner, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, Ayuk yeah. at the return. We got, well, do you want to get him reps back there during the preseason or you want to save it for, the, hmm. for week one? That's a good question. I don't know what would you do. Well, ah, I think you, because uh, I'm not too Save concerned it. with my my returner getting hurt. That's fair. That would be very unfortunate. It's like one of those things where you definitely question it right away. Like, ah, should Kyle Shanahan really have had Ayuk back there during the preseason? Maybe just give him one happened? to see if he maybe drops. one, just and maybe one. maybe not this this first game against the Chiefs. No. Maybe a couple yeah. down the road. Yeah, and that's so. that's your special teams outlook right there with Ayuk. Absolutely, man. Grant, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate having you on. And I look forward to having you on again. Great stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great show.